Welcome to Web3 Unpacked. I'm your host, Rich Pasqua, founder and CEO of ARC. Each week we unpack the Web3 revolution. Join us as we discover and explore the people, projects, and visionaries building the trusted web. Hey everybody, welcome to Web3 Unpacked. Uh, today we have Lena Grundhofer with us from Zeitgeist. Uh, Lena, it's uh, interesting. You've done so much in Web3 and social media marketing and consulting. Uh, maybe just give us a background of, of how you came to Zeitgeist and your path to this point, if you, if you can, for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so basically, I started consulting a few years ago. I've been in the marketing world for about eight years. Um, born and raised in Chicago, have always been um, very much interested in just human psychology. My mom's a psychologist. My dad owns a print shop. So I was pretty much born, raised, and grown by art, by um, graphic design, and just by understanding like what makes people tick. So um, I moved to New York about eight years ago, realizing that I wanted to pursue fashion at the time. And um, after a few years of working in the industry, I realized it wasn't necessarily for me, um, just because a lot of people are overpaid and underworked. Sorry, underpaid and overworked. Um, the other combo would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would be a great combo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, after that, I started working at Meta on a contract job, which is amazing. And that opened up a lot of doors for me because I was probably working close to 25, 30 hour weeks and started consulting for a bunch of brands on the side. And after that, I um, fell in love with crypto a few years in. Um, Dogecoin was my entry into the market. Wow. Um, and then my first NFT project happened to be Creatures, the first NFT project on Solana, and it was a domino effect. So um, now Zeitgeist is a strategy agency, and we've helped over 50 brands across the world, um, specifically, I think about 10 to 12 in crypto specifically. Um, we ha now have a team of about I believe nine contractors working for us and I'm about to be merging with my co-founder Victoria. So it'll exciting times ahead, regardless of the market conditions. So awesome. <laughs> awesome. So you got bit by the blockchain bug rooted in fashion and, um, you know, doing these collabs with, with other mega brands and even smaller brands, which is really cool too. Um, tell us about, you know, maybe, maybe fill us in a little bit about your, your social media background, because social media, you know, as we know it, you know, it's it's super important for getting your products and services out there, but it's used a little differently in, in Web3. Can you can you shed some light on that for us a little bit? Yeah. So across the board, I mean, to date, every platform, there's so many social media platforms now. I mean, you have Instagram, you have TikTok, you have Facebook, you have LinkedIn, you have Snapchat for those that still use it. Um, Discord, which is like a social platform. There's Telegram. There's so many different communication channels. But specifically for Web3, I find that um, a lot of the industry revolves around Twitter. For more of the Web2 focused hitters, um, LinkedIn is great for getting your board out there, lead generation, etc. And then from a communications platform, you have Telegram, which is great because it's encrypted. You have Discord because it's pretty much very game heavy. And then you have Signal because it's encrypted, but I don't really like Signal. So um, there's a lot of different ways to navigate the trenches of Web3, but there's a place for everyone um, depending on what your tastes are, so. Yeah, there's so many so many platforms and a lot of our clients love, you know, Telegram, who's on Discord, it's all over the place. But, 
But what we're finding on our side too, because we do a good amount of experimenting in the Web3 space in, in conjunction with traditional marketing and social media marketing platforms, uh, that we're, we're, we're finding that we're kind of pushing people to our Discord more than anything else, right? Because that's where you can kind of wrangle your community. Um, you know, we're starting to set up a DAO now so that we can kind of pull people in, give them, you know, um, give them benefits and tools and information. Uh, you know, otherwise would just be on, uh, you know, Lucy Goose on, uh, on a website. So we keep them focused and we keep the conversation going. You finding that very similar, you using it in a very similar way or differently? Yeah. I mean, from a team perspective, um, our team of contractors plus myself and Victoria, we operate on a discord. It's great because it's a funnel for, um, you know, keeping everyone up to date with the news. It's a great way to streamline communication and conversations all in one place, whether it's through clients, whether it's through, um, I guess, interests and so forth. Um, I'm also a member of JumpDAO, which is a great um, tool for um, aggregating just marketing professionals across the space. And they've been crushing it. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but from just like a news perspective, they just launched an NFT. And I believe the NFT utility, which um, grants people access to the discord now allows people to like speak at panels and so forth, which is like even cooler. So there's a lot of opportunities, especially in the DAO space on discord, but, um, I'm bullish and it's funny. I actually was speaking to one of my friends earlier in the space and he's like, in my opinion, like discord's going to die in the next 12 months. And I was like, I don't agree with you, but, um, (laughs) we'll see. I mean, eventually discord will have huge competitors as they always, which eventually always unravels, but, um, unless Elon gets his, um, S H I T together, we'll see. That might be the next thing. So, Oh, Elon, <laughs> so, you, uh, you need the second job keeping up with his tweets. Do you feel optimistic <laughs> about Twitter? Like a lot of people are talking about maybe web three integration, they, you know, who knows financial payments. There's, what do you think of, of, of where it's heading? I guess we're all kind of guessing though. Yeah. I mean, from what I've gathered, don't like, I don't know if I'm, if this is like correct, but apparently since he stepped in, like spending on Twitter is like down, like spending like internally is down like 75%. So they're already saving a significant amount of money. Um, they've obviously given everyone three months severance across the board. They're rewarding the people that obviously are staying, but if I were an engineer and I was working at Twitter, I would say, of course, I'm going to work for Elon Musk. It's like a great he's like one of the best innovators in the world, but for m- most other people, like a three month vacation is a great path forward and I don't blame them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, I'm bullish on Twitter. I think that right now it's a little, I'm a little skeptical because a lot of people that were removed from um, the communications channel were brought back on, including some po- politicians and rappers that we know of. And, um, problematic um, conspiracy theorists, but I would say that in terms of live updates and everything, that's why I love Twitter because even from a journalist perspective, like there's no other way to really get information in real time in a streamlined way other than it. So we'll see where it goes. It could end up dying in a year. I don't have like a magic crystal ball to look into the future, but it's still my favorite platform. So. Yeah, it's a good it's a good platform. Um, you know, there could be worse people behind the, the the wheel of Twitter. 
Elon's, to your point, a really smart guy. I'm sure he's got some really interesting tricks up his sleeve, which we can't wait to see. And I think he'll, you know, I think he'll create some some onboarding, to Matt's point, you know, onboarding to Web3. NFTs, I think, will be probably the kind of the low-hanging fruit and kind of getting that ball rolling. And NFTs, as we know, can take any shape, size, shape, or form. Um, so <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what, what, what he does with that. But, um, yeah, just another tool. I don't, I don't think it's going away. I think it's just going to change a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, it, 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 it's interesting because there's just a lot of buzz around it these days. And, and also, you know, geez, I hate to bring it up, but, you know, FTX, right? Um, you know, these are all the buzz. To me, FTX, you know, whether you like what Elon's doing, it's not really going to change your day. I mean, it could technically, but um, it's really not going to set you back from a business or communication standpoint because, to your point, there's a lot of other avenues to go. Um, but FTX is touching everyone. Um, what do you, what well, are at least in our space, that? it is, you could say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Just high level. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this situation is very unfortunate. Um, I think the dominoes have been getting bigger and bigger ever since, like, uh, this whole Russia and Ukraine fiasco that kind of propelled where we are today forward back in, I think, March or May. I don't remember anymore. Everything's just like one month at this point. You just right have now. to blur into one month of <laughs> chaos. Yeah. Two years. That's a well years, way of looking at the past few years here. Yeah. Um, I think that obviously there's been a number of um, companies and conglomerates that have gone bankrupt as a result. And I'm a Solana Maxi, which is unfortunate because I was just at Breakpoint and there's so much innovation happening, especially on the blockchain. Um, but I think when it comes to what's going to happen in the future, um, I, I still wholeheartedly know and believe that crypto and the metaverse is the future. Will it have a bear? a very long bear period ahead until we, there's regulation down and um, more people trust it again. Absolutely. It could be a few months. It could be a year. It could be two years. But regardless of the fact, like crypto is here to stay, JP Morgan, I believe, just um, filed for some type of trademark in Web3 or bought some type of wallet. So people are still moving in. Sharks are still moving in. And <clears throat> the future is bright ahead. Just maybe not today. So. Yeah, it, it's interesting you bring up J.P. Morgan because I've been following a few what I would say traditional um, financial institutions like Fidelity. People look at Fidelity and they're like, oh, that's a great place to keep your 401k and your retirement savings, which is totally true. Um, <clears throat> but what people don't really see is that th th them and other big institutions – have been for many, many years, six, seven, eight, nine years working on the blockchain, developing applications on their end, all within a kind of closed, you know, test net or, you know, uh, test environment. But um, they're pretty progressive. That's progressive for me in my eyes to see those financial institutions really pushing ahead for so long. So with that said, 
they're not bailing out. I know they're not. I, I, I have friends that work for, um, you know, uh, Ernst and Young and Fidelity and a few others. Um, it's it's they're not going anywhere, um, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna it's gonna keep going. And and one of our things that we always say here is, you know, um, the the true the true folks, the developers, the people building uh, innovative platforms and protocols, they're not going anywhere. It, you know, are they rattled? Yeah, everyone's rattled, but they just keep going forward, and that's a beautiful part. People who believe are still. It's not even about believing. They just know that it's it's a better way forward. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's great optimism, and I agree it'll be a little bearish before it gets a little bullish. Um, and, um, you know, we just got to wait it out and keep building. Like, don't don't wait on the sidelines. Keep building. That's all. Lena, just curious, where, where do you get your Web3 conviction? Because I think all of us in this space have a certain conviction, but... Uh, is it data-based? Is it instinct? Is it like, why Why do we all still believe in this, even though there's so much chaos? I mean, I, I have some reasons myself, but just curious to hear yours. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for me, I think it's more instinctual. Um, it's, first of all, hard to grab my attention. I like to jump between industries. I'm not someone that likes to stick with one industry because I feel like it's pretty narrow and it's hard to just kind of move around. But with the beautiful part about Web3 is the endless possibilities across sectors. Um, and there's a place for everyone, whether you want to be a community member and or just a degen trader and be boots on the ground, or you want to be a professional that really shapes the space to the future, or you want to help bring your specific industry into it, whether it's real estate, whether it's development, whether it's, um, you know, fashion or something and so forth, or, or you're a one-on-one artist, there's, there's a place for everyone. And I think that there's nothing that is innovating more more innovating than where we are today. And specifically, Web3 has so many pockets of opportunity, whether it's through NFTs for some or through co-ops for others or ga- Web3 gaming for you know um, billions of people that like to game worldwide um, and so forth. And I think that like decentralization is the future, obviously from a corporate greed perspective, there's a lot of different people that have taken advantage of consumers across the world. And I think that granting access to people from a user on a user basis is key to the success of just like future civilizations. And I'm, that's why I'm excited about it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you hit the, the key words there, decentralization. It it is everything. And as soon as people realize, and it's, you know, to your point, it's unfortunate that a lot of new users got caught up in that. It was very, you know, get rich quick, you know, get in. Um, nothing's ever going to happen. It's we're all in the crypto world. And and it was all a big lie. You know, um, the industry is not a lie. It's just, you know, if you buy paper, you're buying paper. It's not real. And if you don't have keys, it's not your, you know, your coin. So. Um, unfortunate that a lot of our new listeners, new users, um, got caught up in that and it's heartbreaking. Um, but I, you know, to your other point, I think there are so many little pot, I think you said pockets uh, of things budding up and no matter what you're into, whether it be fashion or you're, 
the CEO of a, you know, a, a company that handles products and you have a supply chain, you know, there are smart contracts and NFTs that you can spin up to really automate and, um, you know, add intelligence t- to your business. So, you know, what we would say to our audience is, is like, just look, there's something out there for everyone. And once you get bit and you understand the power behind a lot of this stuff, it it really is kind of eye-opening and fun to see what you can do with it. And and to your point, it's limitless. Like you're, you're only limited by your creativity. And I think that's we, – we much like Zeitgeist, we focus – ARC focuses on a little bit more of the communications, a lot of the brand building, communications, uh, end of things. And we come up with fun, clever ways to kind of unlock – audiences or or benefits for audiences all the time it's just fun well we're also at a point now where it's like i I think we're focusing more on the utility of blockchain than maybe before right we're getting a little bit away from obsessing on the exchanges and the daily rates i'm seeing even major major publications starting to shift and wake up to the fact that hey the the underlying technology is the big story here Would, would that be sort of your thought process lena Yeah, I think from across the board, whether we're talking about e-commerce, you know, there's loyalty programs that are being taken into consideration, um, which Starbucks just launched. I think something that's been super underutilized right now, which I'm going to launch a blog soon about or blog post about is like subscription models. I think that there's a lot of opportunities specifically on whether you want to launch a course or whether you want to, you know, have some type of subscription based premium account that you can utilize on blockchain technology, whether it's through like an annual NFT subscription that expires after a certain date or something um, and so forth. Because at the end of the day, what you own in your wallet is a part of you. And um, whether you're minting something on Ethereum or something on Solana or Polygon, like all these different um, facets of the industry will interconnect someday, hopefully, if everyone, you know, focuses on interoperability more and we get there. But I'm, I think that from a use case perspective, there's just a lot of really cool um, opportunities that have yet to be unlocked and that could be in healthcare, that could be from a government perspective and so forth. So, I mean, immediately let's, let's try out voting on the blockchain. There's an idea. Hey, (laughs) all right. But we don't want to blow up the universe just yet, do we? Um, <laughs> but it is interesting. A lot of organizations could, you know, you're talking about DAOs. Like there is some legitimacy that when you really look at blockchain at its highest level, it's a fundamental restructuring of many organizations across the board. It's it's quite an ambitious thing. So I guess in a weird way, it kind of makes sense that there's this much chaos because it is so revolutionary in so many ways, right? If you're going to completely change systems, that's not overnight. Right. And I do have to say that the level of complexities when you're dealing with um, archaic systems of governments is going to obviously get in the middle, but like the Zoc docs of the world that are launching, that are kind of re- revolutionizing um, healthcare, are can be the leaders of that in a way because they're helping you know um, consumers get in touch with healthcare professionals and they're bringing like tying together this gap. And if you were to tie in like let's say blockchain technology to that, like um, tracking, I feel like health like let's say just health trends could be a lot more easier if like let's say someone's name was tied to an nft and you could figure out what made more sense um let's say from a linear perspective on like what year what month like i don't know certain sicknesses are happening so it's just interesting to 
compare it in that perspective, but um, I'm also still in my learning phase because there's so much to learn in this industry. So, yeah, and the healthcare angle is kind of mind-boggling what you can do with that. Um, you know, having your health records in a in, in a digital wallet. Um, that's also tied to maybe some, you know, intelligence or AI that will kind of alert you to specific environmental or physical, um, uh, changes or, or alerts that you might want to see. Um, and you know, the, the, from an industry standpoint, I, I think, you know, like we were saying before, you're only limited by your creativity in the business world. To, to us, we, we, we speak a lot about taking the mental shift. And I think it's not a shift in technology. It's not a, adjusting to new technology. It's adjusting to what that new technology can do mm-hmm. in a trustless manner. Um, so I think that's what people have to kind of – that chasm that people have to jump over, that's the most important thing when you say, oh, I get it. Now let's play with this, this, and this. Um, so that's, that's where I see people literally have to almost wake up. You know, there is a better way to do things. Stop complaining. You know, uh, the, the, you know, I, I, I say that loosely, but you know, there were complaints in 2008, you know, what the results of Occupy Wall Street and the bank collapses after nothing legally, legally, literally didn't happen. Um, you know, slaps on the wrist, a, a bunch of cypherpunks got together and said, no, yep. no, absolutely not. Um, that's the mental shift you have to take and say, we do have the power to make change. We just collectively have to get there together. Lena. Yep. <laughs> Lena, just curious. <laughs> Sorry, that was a good speech. Um, so when you're looking at companies right now that are kind of considering getting into the space, uh, what are their thoughts? Do they see this sort of big vision for blockchain or are they just kind of trying to jump in on the bandwagon or what are their goals? What are they looking for the clients you're, you're working with? Um, I think depending on the client, there's a few different objectives in mind. Obviously it's customer acquisition um, and really leading new people into new frontiers from an innovation perspective. Um, Additionally, there's people who are wanting to gain as much money as possible. So there's that perspective. Obviously, there are a lot of legacy brands that want to pursue Web3 because they just see dollar signs. Um, But I think from a substantial point of view, the best, the most opportunity for brands that are approaching the space comes from just wanting to, you know, continuously innovate because those brands that do are successful, way more successful than those that don't. And um, Nike is a great example. They just entered the space and launched their swoosh um, marketplace slash NFT. And I think that alone is going to help us from a great use case perspective, not only with e-commerce, but with fashion brands in the future. And I think that specifically speaking, um, no other fashion brands really, no other fashion brands specifically have that much uh, mass appeal other than Nike. And Nike is so sought after because of their just do it mindset, obviously tapping into the best celebrity talent and um, professional athlete talent in the world and um, really just paving the way for what the future entails. Um, I feel like nothing they do is 
like a fail by any means. So <laughs> they do. They have a swoosh themselves all the time. They always seem to succeed. It's incredible what they've been doing with uh, Artifact, right? I mean, just they seem like they've been oh, giving yeah. it. They've been giving the experts sort of, and I think you talked about this elsewhere, Alina, right? Like they've been giving the experts the the ability to steer this thing. They're not trying to assume they know all the answers, right? Yeah. And I think that the brands um, and legacy brands that enter the space and hand it off to the Web3 um, professionals or some may say experts are, um, going, are the best and most well-equipped to succeed. Um, I think that right now it's hard to say that anyone's really an expert even if you were trading since 20 you know 13 and so forth just because there is a lot of there are like i said there are a lot of pockets of expertise like let's say you're an expert trader but no one anticipated an ftx fall like we did either and so that's why the market crashed but from marketing perspective um i think that there's these web two marketers that are approaching the space. Um, and obviously with now more skin in the game, it's helped just create more opportunity across the board just because everyone is hungry to learn. Everyone's hungry to adapt and everyone's hungry to shift the paradigm forward because traditional marketing is kind of just being left to die right now. So it's interesting to see how everything's shifting in that direction. So. Yeah, there, there is a shift, um, you know, and it is kind of tapering off and, I don't think it's like old versus new. I think, you know, after spending so much time in Web3 and in the traditional marketing space, I think it's a mind shift again where you're new tools, new platforms, new kind of super highway, if you will, your audiences are in different places. So it's about recognizing the lines of communication and where your audiences and your, you know, your patrons are. Um, and uh, and connecting with them in a very seamless manner, but also also in new ways too. I mean, just Discord is just so great, and I, I don't mean to gush about Discord, but uh, that's why I, I felt it funny that your 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 friend said it was going to die in six months. Uh, I, <laughs> I saw I the face of devastation there, like <laughs> yeah, like no, I put yeah. so much time into it. Please don't go away. I don't uh, agree Discord's with that, by the biggest way. Biggest fan anyway. shirt. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I I know you don't, but I I, I find it slightly comical. Um, <laughs> it, because we're all dumping a lot of time into it, and there's so many really cool ne- nuances, right? So why Discord over Telegram? We use Telegram every day, but we're not building on Telegram. Uh, Discord allows you to kind of bring in these really interesting tools tied to the blockchain you know, verifying NFTs, which basically is like showing your ID at the, at the door of a, of a, of a club or whatever you're doing. Um, you know, so there's really, really interesting possibilities and, you, you know, people are hanging out and consumers are hanging out in different places. They're getting advertised to in different places, um, in with different products and services, but a lot of that will change and, and people have to kind of understand where they're looking because there's new places. I mean, you look at the news and some of the metrics out there, you know, even, you know, direct TVs, you know, uh, you know, streaming TV channels are are waning a little bit because yeah. in the advertising end of things, less on the content side. But, um, you know, people are just not there anymore. They're on their phones. They're they're here. They're there. Um <clears throat> 
So it's interesting. And I think it's a, you know, once you start to look where people really are and where they're communicating every day for work and work social and just, you know, bumming around, it's in different places than you think. So really cool stuff. You know what I loved was uh, also when we just talked about Artifact, uh, I know it's a little bit old news, but I loved the uh, NFTF thing. Uh, just be curious to get your <laughs> thoughts on that, Lena. We just, at this, on this end, Rich and I talked about it so much. We just thought it was such a cool kind of brand marriage. Uh, we'd love to get your perspective on that one. Um, I'm actually not familiar with that. Could you oh. explain more? Oh, well, Rich, you you know, the Tiffany and Cone CryptoPunks. Oh, Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they did uh, a partnership with uh, CryptoPunks. Mm. And if you had a CryptoPunk, kind of unlocks the opportunity to get a diamond encrusted or a ruby encrusted, whatever it was. You've probably seen it. Um, it's yes, just a fun... Tiff the Tiffany. Yes, the Tiffany yeah. collaboration. Yeah, TIFF. Yeah, Every it didn't work well. I just, I, no one calls it NF TIFF. That, that was on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. I, yeah. When I hear TIFF, I'm like, oh, it's a dot .tiff. It's a, an image file. Um, that's the nerdy designer in me coming out. Okay, so, uh, yeah, a, a, you know, really cool collaboration. Is it for everyone? No. Tiffany is not, I mean, I would... They may argue uh, differently, but it's not, you know, it's an aspirational, for some, it's an aspirational brand, you know, um, and creating a little bit of, um, you know, specialness around their physical and digital, you know, products is really kind of a fun thing. Uh, and it validates, you know, authenticity, uh, you know, it acts as, you know, provenance or, you know, it's, you know, it becomes a, 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 a point of interaction too, furthering your interaction with the brand. Plus they were really cool looking. I mean, just fun yeah. little objects, you know, so. I mean, I know Tiffany's is like one of the most sought after like jewelry brands in the world. Now they're, they, I think they were acquired by LVMH in the last few years. And with the supply of the collection, I think being two fifty, and then the drop, the mint price being like thirty thousand dollars or something, everyone was talking about it because no one's launched something like that. But regardless of the manner, I'm confident that LVMH has enough private buyers that if like CryptoPunk consumers didn't want to potentially buy like their own NFT in crystal form or necklace form. They could have easily had other consumers in like their top Rolodex, uh, whether they're celebrities or old money or new money, um, to you know actively engage. And I think it was just an interesting take on that. Um, do I think that they actually sold out? Questionable. I don't. I didn't see anyone post about it after the fact or their like custom, you know, pendants. But um, c'est la vie. It's part of the art in the industry. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know who's, you know, like, all right, who exactly are buying these really expensive objects or pieces of jewelry, um, which leads me to like another thought that we've been having, you know, behind closed doors here is the idea of whether you like it or not, whether you buy one of those Tiffany CryptoPunks or not, mission accomplished, because what they did was they really bolstered their brand building, right? So whether you like the Tiffany's brand or crypto crypto's brand or the marriage of the two, that has nothing to do with anything because they got everyone talking about them. 
Yep. They're now relevant in that they, you know, they paid the the cost of, a, of entrance, right? So now people are talking about Tiffany's, which is a fairly traditional, I would consider a traditional brand in a very high-tech Web3 manner. That's very interesting. So it leads, it leads us into another conversation we've been having is brand building is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then whether it's, you know, Mercedes, Porsche, or Tiffany's, there's a lot of brand building you can do around brands like that and many others, including service brands. But when does it become, when do we see real conversion? Do you think? Great. I think as of right now, the hot topic is whether these legacy brands want to utilize the terminology that, um, you know, a lot of these brands have utilized in the past. For example, NFTs. Um, with the NF, with the Nike launch, you didn't see any NFT or metaverse terminology utilized there. I think a lot of major brands are gravitating towards digital collectibles or, you know, after this whole Reddit launch that went um, extremely viral, I think that a lot of the major brands that enter the space will be successful if A, their NFT is free and B, it doesn't utilize any of this hard technology hard terminology that people can't wrap their minds around. Like, that's the reason why I didn't get into the space a few years ago, because I was like, I don't know any of this jargon, like, screw this. But like, now that I do a few years into the industry, like, it makes sense to me, but to the average consumer, like that deters so many people away. And um, I think it really comes down to use cases from a mainstream perspective that um, launch, you know, legacy brands into the future. And really just cool small brands innovating, um, like, um, what's the name of the company? The water company that's just been crushing it. Um, I'm blanking on it, but it'll come back to me. Aquafina? <laughs> just like you're random. Um, no. it'll, it'll, it'll click, but anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, or yeah, <laughs> you just go through every water brand. Yeah, there's tons of water brands, actually, and they're owned by, you know, Coca-Cola or whatever. A lot of them are, actually. But um, you, you bring up an interesting point where, you know, kind of like what's in a name, right, or a term or an a acronym. And w I think like every new industry, we have like what I would consider or call acronym fatigue. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just too much. Um, and collectively this group here has been involved in, in this world for so long and it is really difficult to keep up with this stuff. So, yeah. so the, the change and the flip where it's like, you're not calling it an NFT because NFTs, the term NFT, um, you know, is it the best name for the technology? I'm not sure. Um, uh, Cody Marks Bailey, who is one of the co-authors of the actual protocol, uh, would argue argue against the name as well. Just a little side note. Um, but the idea of, say, Nike not calling it an NFT, even even Starbucks, you know, recrafting their um, rewards program into something that's more accessible. The only thing I would say about rewards programs are make sure that, you know, if you're tokenizing it, make sure everything's transparent, obviously, um, and people understand how it truly works and yep. what they actually own and what they actually don't own. But in the sense of naming, 
I, I think that's a really interesting creative problem to solve in marketing and branding and advertising. Uh, and, and you're right. We're seeing more of these brands just kind of own their own little slice. Yeah, it happens to be a Web3 product, um, but we're not calling it Web3 and we're not calling it an NFT or a protocol, if you will. Um, so it's really cool to see see how things are shaken out uh, and the direction that, that certain brands are taking. It's really interesting. It's almost a weird parallel when you think about it with uh, even the dot-com era. I mean, when you think of the HTT protocol and everything, you would always list out the full address. And it was this big idea. And now you just say whatever dot-com or dot NFT or dot ETH now that we're moving in even that direction. So the technology is kind of just disappearing. And I guess these brands are sort of understanding that to hit mainstream with Web3. That It's almost a term for us in the marketing and in the development side. But average people don't, I don't know if that really connects for them, right? Yep. And I think that it really comes down to creating use cases that gravitate and pull in a lot of um, consumers that don't necessarily understand it. Um, I mean, like, for example, when we're talking about just like loyal, like rewards programs in particular, there's Yelp that, um, or Resi that have essentially um, reward or incentivized people to, um, or Uber Eats that have rewarded or incentivized people to um, participate in their platforms because obviously the more you consume on their platform, the more you'll be rewarded, similar with Seated, which is another um, amazing app that has blown up more recently in New York. And I think that it really just comes down to easing the transition in with, from an interoperability perspective, like I mentioned earlier, um, and making it just like a, one click, easy access, like you don't even know you're touching NFTs, but it's just part of the seamless process to begin with. So, mm. yeah. And what people don't realize, and it, it, it's not a, it's not a hurdle. It's not a pitfall. It's not, it's nothing to get, you know, overwhelmed over, but, um, is that to do that one click kind of thing or authenticated one click entry points, uh, you have to really utilize 2.0 technologies, obviously, um, and then they convert and bridge over to 3.0. It's a, but it's also, and that's fine, right? There's no the the amount of true Web3 protocols and applications out there are tiny. It's a tiny amount of true true um, Web3 protocols out there. But um, you know, you you have to be able to kind of um, onboard people. And I think it will be easier over time. And the technology does have to disappear. But there's you always have to maintain a certain level of transparency throughout the whole the whole gamut and an onboarding process for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been following that NFL all day thing at all? I've been just looking into that kind of this idea of owning sports moments. I, I admittedly am not a big sports guy. And I haven't I haven't like read up on it as much as I should, but it just seems extraordinary to me that idea of NFTs <laughs> as applied to the sports world because you know that's like where the trading guard collecting game began. You get fantasy sports; it just seems like immense, immense potential uh, along those lines. Yeah, I mean, similar to NBA Top Shop, I think there's exponential opportunity, especially in the NFL or sports world, just because like. You know, they are billions of people that are into sports, whether it's soccer or football in some countries or actual American football or 
um, hockey and so forth. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity when it comes down to even super fans and so forth. So I think when it comes down to adopting moments, um, it's a, it was definitely a catalyst to bring a lot of people in, especially in March of last year in 2021. Sorry, I don't even remember what year it is. Um, <laughs> None of but, us do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in terms of um, use cases and bringing people in, like, a lot of NFL consumers, surprisingly, are not even in their like Gen Z, like or not even Gen Zers. They're probably above the ages of 35, 40, and and you'd be surprised working with um, NFL and NFL rivals. One of our accounts is that um, they don't want to touch anything Web three related because they associate it with scams or and so forth. So it's interesting to compare the the paradigm of um, people that are bullish on the space to people that are just want to, you know, consume because they're into, um, you know, fantasy sports and so forth, or just being a super fan relevant to their um, local team. So it's interesting to compare and contrast. So I think there's huge opportunities with the idea of NFTs as moments. Um, I think that's, in and out of sports, sports, certainly. I mean, you could take a whole, you know, Super Bowl game or a World Cup game and slice it up into thousands upon thousands of moments, you know. Um, and if you're a super fan, that is the ultimate like, wow, I've got a 30 second clip from, you know, Team A and Team B. We don't know who they are yet, obviously, um, you know, uh, in the World Cup. 2023 that's like that's cool to me that's much better than having the players card if you will almost like a playing card that's a moment or it's a combination of the playing card flip it over you get that moment that you you uh you bought into and who knows that moment could turn into a phenomenon and secondary you know that moment or card could turn into a sensation in the secondary markets that's really cool, fun stuff. Now, now you apply that to, you know, the 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 audio industry, uh, the music industry, the movie industry. You could your mind goes in a thousand different directions, and not I even just these that. industries, but the convergence of those industries, right? Like where they all collide. So yeah. maybe certain rewards you've gained via sports games gets you certain kinds of music access, and and so the number. I think we've never really truly appreciated brand collaboration until we start looking at the possibilities of web three, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Trusted collaboration too. And I believe, um, right now, like for example, Taylor Swift tickets went insane and, um, oh, right. was it, was it ticket master? I don't remember, uh, but yeah, Subhub, Stubhub, one of the two, <laughs> um, ended up selling her tickets that were, sold out at like 13,000 plus dollars. And like yep. that alone just goes to show that easily this, these tickets could be deemed as NFTs in our relevant space as well. But from a moment's perspective of like, you wanted to mint a particular lyric that she performed at like her, at, at her grand tour, or like if Beyonce performed at Coachella and you wanted this particular outfit pick, like you could have that. But I know that I think it was Quentin Tarantino that broke into the space not too long ago and ended up um, minting certain moments from his um, legacy Hall of Fame movies. So it's just interesting to compare and contrast how these different industries are doing it as well. So, 
Yeah, oh, I, I absolutely love it, especially in the music industry and live events. So your ticket becomes your your NFT becomes your ticket. That NFT now opens up for everyone, opens up something really cool and extends the experience. You get to keep your ticket stub because it's an NFT. Then you can actually auction off moments from that show within the NFT or additional NFTs. To me, that is so powerful because a little girl go and trust me, I tried to get <laughs> tried to get tickets. That was a little uh, <sighs> futile. Definitely, uh, yeah, that was not fun. Um, and to see how much they went up, and you're being gouged. Basically, you're being gouged by these companies, and someone needs to stand up and say no. Um, but could you imagine? Like, I have most of my ticket stubs when I was a kid, from high school on. I, I kept a lot that. of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. totally cool. I need to do something cool with it. But not everyone does it. Usually they go into the trash bin or whatever it is, or you lose them, or they're stuck in your old wallet or something. I don't know. Um, just a wallet exploding with tickets? Yeah, like a wallet. <laughs> really should clean this I thing out. Kid. I was that yeah. nerdy kid with the uh, 10, 10 ticket stubs in it. Um, but, but you know what? I, even in high school, I could afford to go to the shows, you know, because they were 25, 30, 50 bucks was a lot back then, you know, a hundred bucks was like really special. Um, but if I had a little clip of say, you know, Pink Floyd in 1988, 13th row center stage, I'd lose my mind. Like yeah. I want that now, you know, um, and I think I think that's really really special, and it keeps people attached to your brand, your your artistic brand, or whatever you're putting out there. Very very cool. Uh, and again, uh, now just apply that to everything under the sun. Yeah, and no, pretty much. <laughs> super fans going crazy all over the place. So, are you very seeing cool. more? Are you seeing more people among the clients, kind of on the ground, Lena of? Um companies not in web three that are exploring these types of loyalty programs and jumping in, or are you seeing more development on just pure web three plays companies that just are in their very DNA, uh, you know, blockchain or crypto or NFT based companies? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a spectrum. I think that there's a lot of web two brands approaching the space because again, they want to innovate and really see opportunity across the board, but there are also web three perspectives that are literally coming, approaching the space straight out of college or literally quitting their full-time job because obviously we're um, in the midst of a recession and they want to just like um, launch their career into a new paradigm with very minimal work experience. So I think that it's interesting to compare this dynamic of mindsets that approach the space, whether it's, you know, web two marketing professionals or people that are expert traders as they say, and then, you know, they become advisors tomorrow. So it's interesting across the board, um, to say the least, but from a brand perspective, I think like there's opportunity for brands, legacy brands, like, like, um, airline companies that even want to break in the space. I have friends that have been saving all of their airline tickets since they were a child, basically. And I know that, um, Southwest Airlines might be approaching the space soon um, and so forth. So there's a lot of cool opportunities across the board. It's just a matter of how we get there. So, Yeah, you marry it to a reward system, and there you go. You, the, the, the door is open. It's really cool. Yeah. I wonder which industry is going to be like the main 
or maybe which project will be the main because we haven't really identified the first major web three um success story just yet while there have been some really interesting ones from nike i mean do you think maybe it's going to be like Starbucks or something? I feel like when I keep going back to Starbucks Odyssey and I think of the, <laughs> the size of their loyalty program. Granted, Rich, we've talked about it too. Probably yeah, web, yeah, yeah. web 2.5 into web 3. But that feels like if that kicks off and is a success, that might be the big, the big one, if you will. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to take one major household name player to really just knock everyone off their feet. And Starbucks ha so thus far has probably had the strongest use case. Um, given everyone loves Nike, probably them second, but you know, things are slowly falling into where they should be and things are working out, um, for every type of consumer. So I'm bullish on what that entails for the next brands that are in the, in the works. So, yeah, I think, um, it's always a good thing. We, we always root people on, especially big brands, right? Whether you like them or not, you want to you want to root them on because, as long as it's done well and properly and with the right endorsements and the right security and regulation protocols put in place, yeah, you should be opening the door. Um, you know, Starbucks has one of the large, if not the largest, you know, loyalty program on the planet. So it's, it is a good door opener. I think it'll be a combination of leaders in their sectors opening those doors. So, you know, Apple, Microsoft have tremendous, like Microsoft, I think is probably poised to probably have the most impact in the metaverse. And I hate even saying that word, but, um, you know, I think they're poised because they own 22 plus gaming companies. They get it. They, they've got it so good. They've understood it for 10, 20 years. And they, you know, they understand where, where things are moving. And gaming happens to be a tremendous on-road to new technology, new hardware and software platforms, and everything else that goes with it. They're used to micropayments and everything else. They're already doing this. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll see industry leaders. One car company will probably break the mold, you know, for uh, NFT or smart car, you know, smart, really smart cars that communicate um, to a smart city you know, and other drivers. And, you know, maybe you can collaborate uh, playlists on the road with strangers. I mean, that, you know, you could gamify the whole thing. Um, but I think it'll be like pockets, these big boys that come out and uh, within these sectors that'll really have a lot of, uh, cause a lot of groundswell, if you will, so. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. What do you think of, uh, you're kind of ex-meta. What do you think of the the company and, and the moves they're making in VR? Obviously very ambitious, uh, you know, really envisioning not just the gaming side, but envisioning sort of the utility of, of, of you know, an office environment driven by, by virtual reality. Yeah, I mean, I think the metaverse is a, a term that was coined and everyone was very much excited about it about a year ago. And obviously with the stats of like Decentraland having, I don't know, less than a thousand consumers um, online to date is concerning, but I think the metaverse is here to stay. I think in the immediate term right now, it's pretty broad and there's a lot of, it's pretty oversaturated with the amount of competition and people um, approaching the market with like, okay products, but nothing like too spectacular. So I think that 
obviously Mark Zuckerberg's a brilliant mind. Do people want to work with him across the board because of his uh, problematic chain of history in the past? Probably not. But does he hold the keys to billions of consumers across the world? Absolutely. So I think that if done right, it could work. But I don't know. I don't see it working in the immediate term either. So we'll see. But yeah. How about the Instagram, uh, you know, allowing you to mint NFTs now? Um, yeah, so I think that Instagram is a great use case for millennials specifically. I mean, I like Instagram way more than TikTok, but TikTok is a time suck in terms of just like utilize, like you, you just lose track of time and I've deleted it off my phone probably 15 times now. So, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's that addiction. that's the gamification. How many times do you delete the app? That's awesome. Exactly. But I mean, I have to have it too, because of social, because I work in social media. So sure, it's just sure. interesting to compare that, but also, um, yeah. And I mean, I think Instagram's bullish, um, specifically for millennials, but I do think that it's going to d definitely bring on millions of consumers, especially from an e-com creator economy perspective. So. Selena, as we, uh, as we wrap up, uh, so many interesting topics, uh, where can people learn more about Zeitgeist? Where can they learn more about you? Uh, tell us where they can go. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Lena Grunhofer. Um, otherwise on Twitter, I am NFT queen with the two threes, um, as oh, cool. the E's and queen. Um, otherwise Zeitgeist, you can find us online at ZEI tg3ist.com and um yeah always looking to meet more people in the space whether they're hungry to learn whether they live and breathe nfts or crypto and yeah so thank you guys so much for having me so yeah, yeah thank and we're you for joining us in new york we'd love to have you in the studio and just hang out and talk a little bit more and uh, see what other podcasts we can spin up together so thank, thank you, you so let's much. do it appreciate yep. it thank you so much bye -bye. guys